It's time for episode 130 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, March the 30th, 2016, and brought to you by IT Pro TV. Clockwise, four people, four technology topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, a podcast celebrating that spring has sprung. I am Jason Snell, and across the internet for me, my co-host, Mr. Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jason. It's good to have you back. I, I was here last week. What are you talking about? I don't even remember last week anymore. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm always here. How about that? Uh, <laughs> we have are joined uh, by two wonderful guests, as always, to discuss four technology topics in 30 minutes on Clockwise. To my left, host of the NoSillaCast, it's Allison Sheridan. Hello. Welcome back. Hi, Jason. How are you? This is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. We're ready to go. And to my left, uh, senior editor at Newsy and the co-host of the Isometric Podcast right here on Relay FM, it's Mr. Micah Sargent. Hi, Micah. Hi there. I was not here last week. <laughs> Wait, are you sure? Again, I don't remember he last doesn't week. Know. Just You're always here, Micah. You're always here. I'm also always here. Yes. Uh, always here. Always making whooshing sounds into your microphone. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, get started. We have uh, four topics to get through. I'll, uh, I'll kick it off with this one. As we record this, Microsoft is in the middle of its Build Conference keynote. That's its developer conference. And uh, Microsoft is not just a technology company, but it has a lot of meaning behind it. It's meant many things to many people over the years. And I'm just kind of curious about all of your perceptions of microsoft sort of how have they how how have they changed over time if they have and 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 uh then what do you think of them now sort of where are you on microsoft today allison what do you think microsoft this like i i would show you an ink blot but that doesn't work on podcasts so we're just gonna have to free associate this i'm a rabid mac user my podcast line is a technology geek podcast with an ever so slight macintosh bias but I have completely changed my view about Microsoft. I mean, I I, I sort of want to give them money. I haven't yet pulled the trigger on uh, on renting Microsoft Office in the latest version, uh, but. I, I just find that they're being really creative and they're bringing so many cool things to iOS and to the Mac that uh, I, I can't find any hatred. I'm also really intrigued in the, the changing formation of how the different vendors are kind of stealing from each other and we're trying to all just be okay with that now. You know, we used to say, oh, well, you know, Android stole this from Apple or Apple stole this from Microsoft or whatever. Now it's like, hey, look what this cool thing Microsoft did. Man, I hope Apple steals that. You know, it, the, the emotions have completely changed for me that's for sure yeah i think a big part of it is that it's no longer microsoft is no longer really a threat to apple um and so you know as speaking as someone who was a also a long time mac user um there's a whole there was a whole inferiority complex that came out of it for a long time uh, especially in the dark ages of the 90s but i think we've all realized that apple's plenty successful right now and that success is not about to be snatched away overnight no matter what the analysts and pundits sometimes say uh, and so I think it is very comfortable to be able to coexist and to use products from all these different companies uh, and not having to make it sort of a weird zero-sum game, which it, it never really was in the first place, honestly. Uh, and so as someone, you know, who still uses uh, a Mac regularly, but also has an Xbox One, which I quite like and have used for a long time, or and before that, an Xbox 360, um, I, I'm fine with Microsoft. I like their products. I think they make good stuff. I thought they did some interesting stuff with Windows Phone. In some ways, it's a it's a shame that it never really caught on. Um, I know people who are really interested in the Surface and find that a compelling product. And I think it's great that they're you know developing their own hardware and actually making a competitive product. Because in the end, I think that's what it's all about: is all these companies 
being competitive and driving each other to be better and make better products. And so I root for a strong Microsoft because I think it makes not only better products overall, but makes Apple products better. I, I grew up using Windows. Um, I had like a Dell computer, a laptop that I carried around, and I repped an Apple sticker over the top of the Dell sticker, <laughs> as well as one of those uh, visual, I don't know, programs that made the Windows operating system look like uh, Mac OS. And that's because, like, I always wanted so bad to be uh, using Macintosh. And finally, 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 I got to switch over. And, like, I grew up in a household that also really liked Windows and liked Microsoft. And I was kind of the outcast who was always like, but do you see what Apple's doing? So I have, uh, you know, been steeped in, in Apple ever since I've been able to kind of make that happen for myself. And so for a long time, I kind of held a bit of a bias against Microsoft and against Windows. But now I really want them to succeed and, and, and do these cool things that they're doing, because I do agree with you, Dan. I think that uh, a strong Microsoft means strong products across the board with competition. But oh my gosh, the HoloLens. Like, I need the HoloLens <laughs> right now in my hands so that I can wear it and like play Minecraft in my living room. So I, I like what they're doing and and i'm happy that they are kind of like because they're the underdog they're they're trying new things and and trying to succeed in those new areas my background with Microsoft is, is complicated, too, because as a Mac user, yeah, they were, all, on, on the one hand, they were the great threat, right? Like, there was this existential threat to Apple that you're if you like the Mac too bad, they might stop making them because everybody's going to just have a PC. At the same time, uh, we used Word to write all of our stories in college, and I, Mac users were actually, the maddest Mac users ever got at, at Microsoft, I think, was not they're threatening the doom of Apple, but when they did Word 6 and the new version of Excel that came along with it, which was like the Windowsification of of those apps and that's what really made people mad because mac users loved the microsoft apps before that uh so i've gone back and forth over the years about them myself i i kind of am rooting for them now because i feel like that the the you know the mac isn't going anywhere and and microsoft's not going to be destroying anybody anytime soon and i so i kind of root for them but at the same time i do that little shake head thing when i watch what they do because it's like come on microsoft yeah you're learning you're learning and then they do something and you're like oh you're still microsoft you you're still a little <laughs> Where people never change trying a little too hard but uh their ios apps are great i i really like office on ios um i think they're doing a lot of great stuff and i have no more uh animosity toward them other than maybe some gentle ribbing anyway that's it's very interesting i'm glad we could search our feelings and uh let's move on with topic number two allison what do you have for us well a lot of people say that our digital devices have caused us to be less social you know we're always looking at our phones when we're supposed to be out to dinner or talking to our children or somebody annoying like that i want to know um whether whether you agree or disagree with that what impact is VR going to have on our social interactions? I mean, what are we what are we going to be like if we've all got these helmets where we're in different worlds where we can't even see each other? Oh, sorry, I was just checking Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, you're, I think that there there's a real risk there. I mean, my girlfriend and I do have a pretty strict like non phones policy, especially on like date nights. You know, to like, all right, we're we're going out, we're going to you know spend time with each other. We're not going to be checking our phones, uh, and I think we're pretty good at that. 
Um, and I, but I, I definitely also notice this in, in, into the, you know, when I get together with a bunch of friends, you know, we're hanging out or we're playing a board game or something and people will, you know, be checking Twitter or their email on their off turns or whatever. And I do, I do feel that it, it sometimes hurts the social aspect. So it is nice to be able to set that aside and convince people to engage. But a lot of times also, you know, not to be doomsaying about it, because I think when you have a really good time, people don't even think about using their phones. It's just come to be this thing that we do when we're not currently engaged and it used to be i don't know you just stared off into space or something probably but i'm not sure it replaces social interaction as far as vr goes i think it's a really interesting question because so far it seems like the vr experiences we've seen are designed to be incredibly immersive um and so as a result uh i you're right that like sort of they can waltz out from a physical perspective but i think it would be super cool to see more of the shared experience ideas used here because uh for example i have a lot of friends i play uh, online games with because they live far away and i don't get to really interact with them otherwise so having like a vr experience where i could actually you know be immersed in an experience and have my friends there with me i think is a is a huge boon um and because vr does sort of prevent you from doing you know <laughs> seeing things around you or whatever it's not going to be like an always-on solution right you're not going to be like sitting there hopefully with like for eight hours <laughs> with your vr helmet on you should probably remember <laughs> to eat go to the bathroom that kind of stuff so I, I think there's a time and a place for it and i don't think it necessarily has to really hurt our social interactions i i mostly agree with you dan i think that um you know vr will have its place and and it'll be kind of an event that you go to and go do at, at periods of time whereas like your phone in theory is always available and always there for you uh to to be distracted by but um i was talking to uh somebody who is actually just recently launched a vr company and is finding success in it and one of the challenges that they are uh really looking into is this this problem with social interaction you know, having five people in a room all wearing VR headsets, they're all having, uh, you know, singular experiences and not really being able to interact with each other. Um, and so it's interesting that like this thing that's supposed to immerse you kind of takes you out of, of everything else. And I, I think for a part of it, you know, that's what it's supposed to do is take you out of the world that you're in and put you in another one. But when it takes it away from uh, the opportunity to kind of like experience something with those around you, then it does become a bit of an issue because um, they had like cited an idea where in the future, you know, instead of like looking at a, a family photo album, you would put on the VR headset and like look at uh, your kids running down the stairs and opening up their Christmas presents. But like if you and your wife and the kids are all wanting to see this experience, then you're all just like strapped to your own uh, personal VR headsets and watching this singular experience by yourself it seems a little off. And so actually, I think that that's where uh, augmented reality is is a better opportunity and better idea uh, than virtual reality. And I, I, I don't know if you guys saw, but like Microsoft recently was showing how augmented reality um, could put someone who's in another like, you know, another space, yeah. virtually in the same space as you. Yeah, holoportation. Yeah, and cool. so, oh, it was so cool. And at the same time, like you're seeing the world around you. So hopefully, hopefully they'll come up with some good ideas. But I think that a are can uh, fill in the blanks. 
Yeah, I, uh, I mean, the, always the problem with this is that people, people take digital interactions and, and like to run them down. And it's the equivalent of, you know, all oh, these kids today that I, I, I was listening to, uh, to music the other day and there's a song that I really like, but, you know, one of the premises in this song is, you know, you should pull the plug on computers and go out into the real world because it's beautiful and there are great people out there. And there's something to that, um, especially if you're, you know, playing too many video games and you need to like clear your head a little bit but at the same time it's really easy for us to devalue relationships that we have with other people that are mediated by uh, digital technology right the, the the friends that you keep in touch with on facebook or twitter or in slack or in email and that those relationships somehow off, often are degraded devalued they're treated as not as real as uh, interactions in the real world and i think that's actually unfair so I think one of the challenges uh, with VR is going to be similar is like if, it, if you're using it to, um, to interact better with other people, you know, it, it's, it's enhancing our social interactions with those people by providing a little more bandwidth for those interactions. And I think that's a good thing. I think the problem is that for a little while anyway, VR and, and AR stuff is going to be harder to come by. So like if you've only got one VR headset – then if there are other people in that room, <laughs> you look dumb and and you don't see them. And that's that's not good. So I feel like we're going to we're going to have a real problem with acceptance in the short term. But in the long term, I think it's good because, you know, I, I think it's just another way for us to communicate with other people all around the world um, and have more, you know, more ability, more tangibility to those digital relationships. Allison, how do we do? I think you did good. You did remind me that uh, when I was a little girl, my mother would yell at me for using uh, for reading a book when I was supposed to be looking at the scenery or talking to the family. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So maybe it's just in our nature to do this. And and today it's the phone. Tomorrow it's VR. And yesterday it was the book. So um, that's that's kind of what I was thinking about. Um, but. I, I do say one thing. If you want to invest your money right now, try to find companies that are going to be making neck braces and other tools <laughs> to solve the problem of VR because that those suckers are heavy, right? There, mm -hmm. Some of them are like a pound, which and we all know human head weighs eight pounds, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a 12.5% gain on the weight of your head on your neck that's already compromised from leaning over looking at a phone. You heard it here first, folks. Books are the paper menace that threatens everyone. Uh, get them away from your kids. <laughs> they are distracting them from the real world. All right. Uh, we're two topics in. We've got two more topics to go, but we'd like to take a break here at halftime to tell you about our sponsor. This episode of Clockwise brought to you by IT Pro TV. Uh, do you have a career plan set in motion, whether you're looking to start a new career in IT or you're already working in the field? Uh, certifica certifications and credentials. These are keys to getting a job or a promotion. And this is the mission of IT Pro TV, education through engagement. They have lots of up-to-date, high-quality video content and access to the most important tools you need for technology certification. There are more than a thousand hours of content in the IT Pro TV library, and they're adding 50 hours every single week. Now, these are not just courses that are recorded. They're, of course, available on demand, but they're also streamed live. So it's like watching a, uh, a, live, uh, a live podcast as it happens, and it goes to all sorts of different mobile devices uh, and also to your TV set. So Chromecast, Roku, 
PCs, uh, iOS, Android, all the things you might expect. You can you can learn on the go. Uh, they're now on the Amazon Fire TV and the new Apple TV platforms as well, so that you can watch these in your living room, on your phone, wherever you want to learn. Now, course topics include System Center configuration management, Apple certified support professionals, uh, Amazon Web Services, Google Groups for Business, a whole lot more, even ethical hacking, security and cryptography. And all courses are transcribed so you can watch them from start to finish or look up the part that you want to learn and jump right there. There's one low monthly subscription price and a no-hassle cancellation policy. So if you're studying with a book or enrolled in a certification program, this is a fantastic supplement so you can learn at your own pace and track your progress. And it's way cheaper than going to a boot camp. And if you're a working IT professional, this is a great ongoing resource to keep your skills up to date. Corporate and group pricing is also available. They've got lots of large institutional clients, including Harvard, MIT, Stanford, and UCSD. Uh, I did that in order of greatness for from least to greatest, with UCSD being the greatest. Hi, I went to UCSD. Anyway, check out itpro.tv slash clockwise to boost your brain with the most popular IT certifications. Premium subscriptions are normally about $57 a month or $570 per year, but use code clockwise30. <laughs> I love that. It's like 30 minutes. It's easy to remember. Clockwise30. You can check out their courses and live stream and more for free for seven days. And if you decide to subscribe, you'll get 30% off for the lifetime of your account with IT Pro TV. That's less than $40 a month or $3.99 for the entire year. So thank you so much to IT Pro TV. Visit itpro.tv slash clockwise and the code clockwise30. All right, halftime's over. Dan, it's your turn. What topic do you have for us? So inspired by a previous show, I think James Thompson asked about hoarding tech gear and boxes and, and the like. And so uh, inspired by that, uh, I've decided to start cleaning out my office, which is a mess. And so my question for you guys is I've come across all these boxes of things that are like, you know, old little tech gadgets or accessories and the like that I just acquired over the years, often from vendors that were in, you know, things like cases for old iPods that I don't own anymore, but like also electronic gear that's still functional. I just don't need it. And so my question for you guys is, what do you do with your obsolete or vintage or even just old, you know, not useful anymore tech gear? Do you throw it out? Do you try to find a good home for it? Help help me find something to do with these things because I feel wasteful just throwing them out. Micah, what do you got for me? I take the Stephen Hackett approach <laughs> and just keep it, keep all of it. <laughs> it's impossible for me to throw away things. I saw that photo of you, of, of like your office with all these boxes piled up. <laughs> so and many boxes. My heart weeped because I, like, I looked around my office and saw just all of these boxes. That I just Are you saying I can send you the boxes, Micah? Because this could work out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We, we could arrange that. Uh <laughs> is uh yeah 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 no i i i just can't get rid of those types of things like there have been times where i've found homes for them with other people and if they are new enough but outside of my like need for them then i will gazelle them but if they can't go to gazelle and they can't be given to someone else then they just stay with me forever and forever and forever <laughs> so dan here's my system i've got a couple of big plastic storage bins and they're full of junk 
And uh, that's my system. <laughs> not not uh, if you were helping. In fact, I was just saying to my wife the other day that I really ought to have them be, uh, instead of the tall bins that I've got, which used to be like where we put the dog food back in the day, I should get wide <laughs> ones because there's nothing worse than realizing that you need something that's like like bottom. four feet down in the bottom of the bin and they're clear. I can see the thing I need to get, but I have to go through like four feet of cords to get to the bottom. It's the worst. Um, in terms of like hardware, like computers, I, I, I am the anti-Stephen Hackett. I... Uh, I will either sell or donate or recycle uh, old computers. I don't keep old computers around. And occasionally, I've got like an original Mac that was my wife's Mac in college that I've kept. But like my laptops and all of that, I don't have a museum. I don't have room for a museum of old tech in my house. <laughs> and so it just goes, you know, it just goes to the computer recycling every so often. And that's just how it is. If it's, if it's the problem with writing about this stuff, though, is you end up keeping things yes. that are probably sellable. Um, because you want to keep them for reference, and I do that. So, like, I can write an I- a review of the iPhone SE, and ha- I've got an iPhone 5S around, right? And I could have probably gotten rid of that at some point, but I held on to it because I knew there would come a time when I would need it, and then a- at some point it'll be too- so old that I'll I'll have to take it to the take it to the the recycling. So I, I was inspired by a terrible situation that helped me get better at this. Uh, a wonderful podcaster named Tim Verporten passed away. And like all of us, he had this office filled with crap is the only way to uh, put it. And his wife didn't know what to do with it. So she shipped it all to me, oh, just like you guys were kidding around. 14 moving boxes oh, my of God. crap. And it took uh, my husband and I and our friend Dorothy about um, maybe three or four months to sort through all of it and sell what we could and give her the money back. She spent $2,800 mailing it to or shipping oh it to God. us. So we ended up getting her a couple of grand, but obviously if I could have flown there, it would have been cheaper. But anyway, what I got out of that was a couple of things that I do. Um, I have started to be much better at selling stuff when it's still useful. So I bought a new uh, Micro Four Thirds camera. I immediately sold my DSLR. It was emotional. It was horrible because, I mean, that was the, the camera through which I had envisioned my children, you know? Yeah, it was, it was really, really hard to do, but I sold it right away because that wasn't going to get worth more money over time, right? <laughs> um, but the other thing, that the, the giant storage bin problem, after dealing with Tim's stuff, I did another thing. I went through all my cables and I lit, threw them all out all, all over the floor and I got giant Ziploc bags and I wrote micro USB, mini USB, power cable, you know, <laughs> power crap cable, whatever it was. And I shoved them in these Ziplocs. And once you've put five micro USB cables in, you realize you don't need the other 26, <laughs> right? So I threw, so I, I responsibly recycled those. Now, when I need a cable, I open my plastic bin and there's 25 of these Ziplocs in there. And I, I only dump out one bag instead of dumping them all out every time and digging through. I can't imagine my dog food container reaching down and that's horrible. Uh, but, uh, shoot, there was one other thing I did. Oh, one other thing I suggest you do, go through your crap and write crap on the boxes that are truly crap. <laughs> Seriously, write not crap on the stuff your wife or your or your husband or whatever shouldn't throw away. This is actually valuable. You should hang on to this one. But this, no, I'm just keeping this because I'm unable to throw it away. So that's my big advice here. Yeah, it, it always it seems easier for other people to throw your stuff away, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah. That's the thing I've learned over time is that other people come in and be like, do you really need this? And I'd be like, well, I guess not. But I, I'm never going to do that on my own volition. I mean, it's just 90%. Like percent, yeah, exactly. Clothes are the worst for that. 90% of what I got rid of the other day was essentially just boxes. And it's like, I don't need these boxes. I'm never going to use these boxes again. I don't need a box that only fits an Amazon Echo. You can't tell me what to do, Dan. 
<laughs> anyway, so that's all great. Thank you guys for your input on that. Uh, my office is mildly cleaner today, but actually there's a, there's a lot of work left to be done. Uh, I think that, that brings us to our fourth topic from Micah. So the other day I was cleaning, not my boxes, because I keep those, um, <laughs> my iPhone, and I had to take off the case so that I could like disinfect the surfaces, because fun fact, your iPhone is definitely dirtier than a toilet, which is gross. Once I took the case off, I held it in my hand, and it was so nice without the case. So I immediately tweeted that I needed help uh, to, to convince me to put the case back on it. And instead of getting help to put the case back on it, Everyone was telling me how much of a wonderful thing it is to not have the case on it. So I'm just curious, do you use a case? Uh, why or why not? And if you do use a case, which one do you use for your phone? Uh, I was always, I'm with you, I, I was always a no case person. And then the iPhone 6 came out and it felt like a polished pebble or or I guess a bar of soap that was going to just shoot right out of my hand. <laughs> and so I got the Apple leather case for the iPhone 6, and I, uh, I still have that on my iPhone 6S now. And uh, I don't love it. And when I take off the case, I think, oh, pretty phone, so smooth and curvy. <laughs> and then I go, whoa, 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 bar of soap. And I put it back in the case. And uh, But uh, in, in testing the iPhone SE, I am reminded um, of how nice it is to not have a case on it. At the same time now, every time I get it out of the pocket, I'm like, really? Should I put this in a case? I feel a little uncomfortable that it's not in a case. So it's almost like after two years, I'm starting to sympathize with the case. And I think that's that's uh, that's not good. But um, so I... I uh, Apple leather case now, but uh, historically no case is my answer. When the iPhone six first came out, I bought one for my uh, my two adult children and myself. And within two weeks, all three of us had dropped it, and two of us had gotten lucky. So uh, we're all in cases for sure. It it is. Uh, what did Leo Leo said? It was like holding on to a goldfish. It just slurps right <laughs> out of your hand. And uh, so I'm definitely a case person, but I, I listened to somebody who had a great idea. I can't remember who it was. I wish I could give credit. This person accessorizes with his uh, cases. So when he's at home above carpet, he keeps it naked. So that way he gets to feel it and know what it and know the wonderfulness. But when he goes out, he's like, okay, I've got my green tennies on. I'm going to wear my, my lime green iPhone case. So mm. I don't quite do that, but I do change my case out every couple of months. And it's like getting a new Apple watch band. It really, really makes me happy. But I want to give a plug for something I'm a huge believer in. There's a thing called a spy belt, which is the best way to hold on to your phone when you're out running or jogging or doing almost any kind of exercise. It's a it's a uh, elastic belt that has a nylon pouch in it that lays completely flat against your belly or ba your back. Way, 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 way better than those stupid armbands. And they come in all different sizes. You can get them big enough for an iPad, but I'm not sure how that one works. <laughs> That's my recommendation. I think I'm in the Jason camp here, which was I too was a non-case user. I did use like a battery case for a while on some of the older iPhones. Um, but once I got the 6, I, I definitely dropped it at one point and put like a little chip into one of the corners. And so at that point, I decided I would get a case. And I bought, you know, a super cheap uh, wire cutter recommended like $10 Incipio rubber case. And it, it's fine. It, it keeps it pretty slim. It does just enough protection that I don't have to worry about dropping it as much. Uh, and it fit both the 6 and the 6S. So I feel like unlike the battery cases where I kept ending up buying like a new one, which were for an insane amount of money every time they changed the form factor, this one, I feel like, hey, 10 bucks lasted me 
two phones. That's pretty great. Um, but yeah, I agree. I like how I do take the phone out every once in a while to like clean out the case. And I think, wow, this is a really, really nice phone. I feel bad that I've cooped it up in this case. But then I nearly drop it and decide, well, I should probably put it back in the case. <laughs> so yeah, put your case back on, Micah. Come on. I, I think I think you're probably right. Uh, I, although I will say the only time I've ever had a broken iPhone screen was when someone else dropped my iPhone. <laughs> um, I have been careful over the course of my you know iPhone having life um, and have never had a broken iPhone screen. And so I use the Apple leather case. Um, and then I ended up getting the silicon case uh, because of the, I like the charcoal gray. Uh, so that's the one that I actually took off. And I really like that accessorizing idea. So here at home in the safety of, of the carpet, I just keep it uh, naked. But then I have a light blue silicone case and a uh, charcoal gray silicone case that I can uh, wear out in public to keep my, my dear phone safe. So that might be what I do just so that I can have, you know, both, both ideas. And yeah, it is a doggone goldfish and so it, it needs to it needs to have some kind of grip added to it all right that's uh that's great that's four topics i think we're we've reached the end but we have just enough time for a quick bonus topic so here it is baseball season starts next week i love baseball not everybody does that's fine i'm curious though do you have a favorite team and if you don't is there someone in your life who does and uh you know what what is that team allison do you have a favorite baseball team my answer is the the world series winning detroit tigers from 1968 because i was 10 years old and living in detroit when they uh when they won the world series so yay but i don't actually watch baseball Oh, okay, historical pick there. That's good, Dan. Uh, as anybody who follows me on Twitter knows or has probably met me in person, I wear a Red Sox hat. And so I am obligatory Red Sox fan since I live in Boston, grew up here. My dad is a diehard Red Sox mm-hmm. fan. But my mas- National League team and the team I used to wear a hat for when I was a kid is Jason's own San Francisco Giants. Well well done, Dan. Well done. Micah? <laughs> good work, Dan. Uh, I have to go for the Kansas City Royals. Ah, your um, world champion Kansas City Royals, I believe, Micah. Y- yes, 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 yes. And it, I'm not just, you know, riding, uh, what is it? What is it called whenever you, like, go for a sports uh, bandwagon that, bandwagon yeah i'm not a bandwagoner uh i actually live uh very close to kansas city where i am now and lived even closer to kansas city when i was a little uh kid and we would always go watch the royals uh when i was growing up so i i've got a special place in my heart for my dear royals that's nice it's it's a childhood uh childhood team thing is uh, so such a powerful bond and my childhood team was the san francisco giants as dan said so uh they almost moved away and they were really bad for a very long time and now they've won the a few world series it's a little strange and all 30 teams have a chance starting next week so hope springs eternal i believe they say oh well we've reached the end of this edition of clockwise i would like to thank our guests allison sheridan thank you so much for coming back on clockwise it was a pleasure having you yay i love it anytime anytime this is great fun meeting micah too yeah and micah Sargent, thank you for being here always happy to be here always here whooshing into your microphone and dan we did it yeah uh the whooshing will stop now thank god i, I guess we'll be back next week huh we, we will you won't remember it but we will be back next week <laughs> but until then we remind everybody else out there watch what you say and keep watching the clock bye everybody bye